my friend okay hello and welcome back to another episode of discovered dlp i am paul and i am nick thought well nick thought he'd mix it up a bit literally as he clicked record it's then there's no better time no it's no no better time drop, drop me right in it Throw, throw, throw yourself in the deep end, my friend. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. You did, you did yeah. it very well, very professional. If you hadn't have mentioned it, I don't think anyone would have picked up on it. You know. Think you've... No, probably not. Done yourself a disservice. No. There. Done yourself a disservice. No. Well, I, I recorded, I hosted earlier in the week as well, didn't I? So it's not a a throw right in the deep end. That's true. Although no one has heard that yet, because no one has heard it. No. no. So, um, oh, by the way. I forgot. Uh, happy Happy Podcast Day! Happy Podcast! Oh yes, it is. It's it's International Podcast Day, isn't International it? International Podcast Day when we record this. So you know, yeah. did you uh, did the uh, the podcast fairy leave anything underneath your podcast tree? <laughs> no, but don't think so. Uh, rubbish, rubbish view, rub, rubbish listens, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, I know. Uh, I forgot to put my tree up. That's my problem. So I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it purely on that. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, didn't even get any bad reviews about Ryan on Disney Parts and Beyond. So you know, you always that's because it's not point. been on for a few weeks. We're yeah, all right. Yeah, that is that is true. Um, yeah. So I, I I think we do have listeners that just listen to this. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel sorry for you because. Uh, you miss out on some good content if you don't listen to other stuff. But we are talking about um, some Patreon shows that we do. Why don't you show us some podcasts, love this international podcast day, and become a Patreon of the After Dark Podcast Network. Um, and we recorded some shows for that, and they've not gone out yet because I'm waiting for Mr. D to uh, record his bits. I told him there was no rush. I didn't want to interrupt his holiday, but I'm hoping he can record something we over the weekend so I can just get those yeah. episodes out. But... Uh, uh, never mind. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, Disneyland Paris, I suppose. Yeah. So the upper running Disneyland Paris. Yeah, well, are, th- are there any parts closed at the moment? I think they're all open, aren't they? I think they are all open I now, think yeah. Even Tokyo is. So, yeah. first time for a while. Um, let's see what, before we crack on, before we crack on, um, there is some stuff going on behind the scenes. Not bad stuff. Um, but this show, Discover the LP, which has been going now for about three years, four years even? Yeah. But how long ago started. was it? We started just before the race weekend we did together. We were only a couple of episodes in, I think. Was that 2018? Yeah. I think that might have been 2018. Yeah, it would have been, because there's okay. only been one, one race weekend since. So that's three years. Because last year was cancelled, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because the, the live stuff we did in the park was only episode three or four, I think. Oh, really? As, as early as that? Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, well, look, we've had a good run. Um, but uh, we're getting rid of it. Scrapping it. Scrapping scrapping the show. In a way. In a way that we do. So we won't actually stop. Stop cheering in the back. We're not actually going to stop (laughs) 
doing a podcast about Disneyland Paris. But we will be shortly rebranding. So we haven't decided on a firm go live date and we are doing it across uh, the podcast shows that we do. So all going to be rebranded at the same time. Um, but it could be next month. It could be the month after. Uh, oh, actually, when I say next month, it'll be it'll be after October because that would be the next episode. Yeah. So you're going to have at least one more of these after this one. Um, and nothing else will change. If you subscribe to the feed, um, it will update for you. You won't have to find us elsewhere or anything like that. So, And if you hate us, well, nothing's going to change. Exactly. It's still going to be us. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, though, if people do hate us, that's the good thing about rebranding. They won't realise it's us until they listen to it. And then they'll <laughs> stop listening. Um but yeah, so now's a good time to subscribe, if nothing else, because then you'll definitely know uh, when an episode's dropped. Um, but yeah, so that's just something that we are are throwing out there. Uh, we haven't mentioned it, actually, on the other shows. Um, we no. will do that in due course, but uh, hey, we're well, here. We're one, here once a month, one, of them, so. one of them's not really being rebranded, though, is it? No, it's that is a a nice, pretty logo. <laughs> it's, it is getting a nice, pretty logo. Um, and actually, the, the 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 logos that we've got for for this and um, the Disney parks, uh, the regular Disney park show that we do, um, there's some good corporate synergy there. I think. Yeah, I think anyway. I think they look good. Uh, but yeah, very excited for that. Always good to have a bit of a a relaunch. Um, and yeah, we've done this for a while, so why not? Oh. Oh, sorry, I was going to sneeze and I didn't, so that was great. Uh, <laughs> dramatic pause for <laughs> attempted sneezing effect. Uh, I've had a, I've had a bit of a cold. Um, so there's a, there's some news bits, but one, one item in particular, I think, kind of goes across just being a bit of news, and is going to turn more into a kind of how-to guide. I think. Yeah. So I think we should lead lead with that. Is that is that all right with you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This so. came from uh, a colleague of ours, Mr. Craig Lucas. Yours. Well, it, I mean, technically, it didn't come from him. It came from you, I no. Yeah. <laughs> by way of by way of Craig. Um, but uh, they released a statement just a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'll read the the statement verbatim. It says, we can confirm that we've closed sales on all direct Disney trains until the 22nd of March 2022 as we review our timetable. If we make any alterations, we'll contact affected customers ASAP with alternative options. We're currently unable to answer specific questions. We'll be in touch soon. So that was uh, put out on the 14th of September. Um, now, what that statement is, literally... You cannot book direct trains until next year. But people have already got trains booked before that, which are direct. So what is happening with those trains, Mr. P-Dubs? Well, as far as we're aware, they will be amended um, due to the fact that they have been cancelled. But uh, as far as actually being done... Nothing's been done about it at the moment. Mr. Lucas is waiting for his train to be amended. Um, and he's not going until but, February, is he? No. 
So he's got quite a while, uh, a while yet, but I'm yeah. I'm seeing people asking questions that are due to go in in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, that haven't seemed to have got official confirmation yet. Um, what it looks like they're doing, or certainly what the suggestion is, is that they will be uh, taking you instead to Paris Gardenord, which is the main Paris hub. Well, it's, yeah. the, it's the Paris hub, isn't it? There isn't, there isn't anywhere else yeah. it's, it goes to. Um, but it's going to take you there, and then from there, you will need to uh, transfer uh, to get out to uh, Mar Yeah. So that is what they're doing. And I believe as well that they're they're uh, giving you tickets for that. Yes. Like transfers, yeah. essentially, uh, yeah. to do that. Um so yeah, so and this is something you've done this as well, haven't you? I haven't been through Paris. I've done the other route. I've done through Lille, which I'm surprised right. they're not pointing that way due to the fact that if you try and get to Disneyland Paris through the Eurostar website, it will automatically direct you through Lille. Which is why I'm surprised this is the route that they're going with. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of an odd one. Uh, I think, yeah. but it's it's not too bad. I mean, so this is this is something that I've done a lot over the years because it's always much cheaper. Well, sorry, that's not that's not true. It, you know, normally unless you've really been able to get some cheap tickets, um, in which case it's not too bad. But um, it can be much much cheaper to go to Paris um, and then transfer out uh, to Marlaval. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not too it's not too bad. Um, no, I think I'm looking. Um, there's lots of websites you can find this information out on. You can pick one at random. Um, it says that it takes about thirty nine to forty five minutes. Oh, it's about forty minutes. So if they're saying thirty nine yeah. to forty five, that's that's probably about bang on. Um, yeah. It's it's not very hard um, to do. The important thing is to make sure you're going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big one, really. Um, and I think is there is there a TGV from Gardenord as well? There might possibly be. I don't know whether it goes direct to DLP though. That's it might go to the train station uh, uh, to the airport. Yes, I think you're right. I think you have to get to the airport if you want to do that. Yeah. Which, uh, he, I mean, look, the, the, the TGV is obviously much quicker. Um, yeah. Because it's a faster train and it's got less stops, but not if you're going to have to go out of your way to do it. Um, no. So the only thing you've got to you've got to realise is that there are two change. Sorry, one change that you've got to make once you start on this journey. Yeah. So. Um, the REL runs on uh, lettered lines. So first of all, you have to take uh, an RERB train um, to Paris. Um, and then you get off. And I think it's, memory serves me, it might be two stops. I don't think it's one stop. I think it's two. I think it's two, if I remember rightly. Yeah. As I said, I've not done it, but I have looked at that route previously. Yeah. Um, and it's... Uh, Chalette La Hales is the station. Now, 
this has always been my experience so this this might be different who knows i, I don't you know follow the train situation in paris uh, enough obviously um but when i've done this before i've got off the train there i've walked across the platform to the other side of the platform and that's where you pick up the next train so you know you don't have to worry about stairs or lifts or anything like that you get off you know one tube train walk across the very short you know platform it's probably about 20 feet 30 feet wide or something um and you just stand there waiting for the next train and that is on the rera line um and normally malaval is the last stop now i say that because um and this is why you should always check just check what the last destination is on the train um that is the end of the line but just because that's the end of the line doesn't mean the train is actually going all the way. So always yeah. just check. And I mean, the other good thing about, um, or the other thing that's handy, especially for international travellers, I think, on, on these trains, is that they have maps and uh, the lights light up to where you are or where you're going to. So it's very easy on the map, even if you weren't looking at the, you know, trying to see the sun on the platforms as you pull in, you know, you can see on the maps above the doors where you where you literally are, or where you're coming into. Um, so you know you're in on the right train going in the right direction. Very very easy. So that's all you've got to do. You know, just make sure that that train is going to Malaval, and then once you get on that train, it's all the way. And the reason why it can it can vary more than anything else is because occasionally it won't stop at every station on the way there. Yeah. There's normally it's normally like one or two stations that it might drive through during that, but um, it's really straightforward. It's really straightforward. So I think the reason for talking about this really is that anyone that has had this notification from uh, Eurostar that um, you know your train has been changed and you're not going to Paris instead, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world. Obviously. A direct train is still much easier than having to to change anywhere, um, but it's not that bad. Your biggest, um, your biggest kind of time waste, I suppose, when you get to Paris, is actually getting to the right bit of the RER. Yeah, uh, it's a big station. What, what I, yeah, what I would equate it to is you getting a national rail train into King's Cross and then having to find your way on the tube. Uh, you know what that is that is really yeah that's really good i mean there's lots of signs most of the staff um can speak some english if you yep. get really stuck but it it normally you know i've i've been able to just navigate myself um without needing to use staff there's only one occasion i've i've had to use uh or get some staff member help and that was when we had um buggies with us and so we need to make sure we use lifts um, and it was making sure we got the, the right lifts to take us to the right parts of the station. Um, that that wasn't as, as straightforward. Um, but then I, I guess it's probably the same for people, as you say, going through King's Cross. Yeah. You know, if you know, if you use those stations, you're familiar with them, you know where the lifts are likely to be. Yeah. Um, so it's not hard. But yeah, if you're, if you're going somewhere you've never been before, then that can be a little bit. So you might need some help there. But otherwise... The signposts tell you 
you know, what lines are where, um, and also normally the direction they're going in uh, as well. So that's it. And I would say it would probably take you 10, 15 minutes once you've got off the Eurostar to get to uh, the right tube platform. And that's if you, you know, you, you struggle a little bit um, because you don't know which direction to go and, you know, you're doing everything a bit slower because you're just making sure you're you're going in the right directions. It, it doesn't take very long. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, once once you get off, your you end up in the same train station that you would have been um, had the Eurostar gone there direct. You just get yeah. off a, a, a different platform. And um, likewise, if they they do change anything, going through Lille is is just as easy. Um, it takes you straight into the main station. On occasion, it may send you may have to pick up your TGV from the other station in Lille, which is yeah five to ten minute walk. But it's not a. It's all signposted. You will easily find your way there. I did it. I've only ever done that once. Um, but that was fine. For most cases, if you're going to go into Lille first, um, you literally walk up some steps and then walk down the other side of the steps and you're on the platform um, to get you on the, the TGV, which again, um, Lille is quite a bit further out than the centre of Paris. Um, but because of the TGV being so so much faster, it takes you around the same amount of time to get from Lille to, to Disneyland Paris. And again, it takes you straight into um, the Marlevel train station where you would if you were on the direct one. Yeah, the only thing the only thing I'll say about Lille, and Lille used to be our go-to more than anything, more than any other kind of uh, way of doing things. We would normally get one with a, a transfer. Um, yeah. The only thing I don't like about Lille is that it's very time pressured. Yeah. Now, normally when you get off your Eurostar train at Lille, waiting for your connection, you normally have a fair bit of time. And I mean, when I say a yep. fair bit of time, it could be 15 minutes. It could be an hour and a half. Yeah. Like I've, I've certainly, had occasions when it's been an hour and a half. Yeah, certainly if you get one of the early trains, mm. um, like the really early trains, you will likely that you will get to Lille and have to wait. 45 minutes to an hour yeah. um, unless you're really lucky and your Eurostar is possibly 10 minutes early yep. and you may find that there's a TGV waiting to go it's literally the only time when you don't care if your train's running late Yeah, because if your train gets held up somewhere before it gets into France then there's every chance it's actually going to help you out the other side <laughs> Yeah, but the other thing that I don't like about that so I, I mean a time thing there's not much to do in Lille Station and no. there's a shopping centre right next door. And I'm always petrified of going out of the station into the shopping centre and then getting stuck somewhere. So I never do yeah. it, even if I've got an hour. So there's not much to do in Lille Station, so make sure you've got some stuff to keep you entertained. But Especially if you're carrying all your luggage as well. You're yeah. Not, you're not going to be wanting to walk off around shops and things like that. There is a there's there's a few cafes and things in Lille now. They have done a little bit of work in there. It's not as bad as it used to be. Um, well, they've been they've been doing work in it for years, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think, well, obviously, we've not been uh, there in a couple of years almost. Um, but certainly, the two or three years before that, every time I went to Lille, there was still like massive building work going on. 
So yeah, that's that's something. Um, but no, the thing that I hate the most uh, with the change at Lille is when you when the train pulls in because they're very they don't wait. No, they don't. They wait. don't. You have got two minutes once that train pulls in and the doors open you've got about two minutes to get yourself on there and the problem yep. is is that when you're getting on with luggage these trains obviously have spaces for luggage yep. but they've also had a load of people on that train before you so normally the luggage bit is is pretty full and it's not luggage yep. space like you get on Eurostar it's it's much much smaller than that the trains yep. are narrower so you don't have uh, as much room to maneuver so i find it really i, I hate the pressure of it and then yeah. i i can guarantee someone's in our seats <laughs> every yeah. time and it's not that people um that haven't paid for seats or anything like that um they just ignore the little ticket stubs to say that you know this has been allocated to someone yeah. people just don't care they see an empty seat they nice. sit down that's it yeah, I've taken because very often I am, and in your case as well, on our own rather than with the family. Mm. If we're if we're on if I'm on my own, I will tend not to even bother trying to find my seat, and I will take the seats at the top of the stairs that are just fold down things because yeah. I know I'm literally going to go through one train station and that will be it. I'm not in anybody's way, so I'll just sit there and it's easy for me to get off and yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I, I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of them. No. Um, even even from um, even from uh, Marne Laval, I'm not a fan because again, you you have the same problem. There's yeah. not much luggage space, and they've already t- picked people up before they've got to you, so it's a constant battle. The the tube trains, unlike the London Underground, uh, the two levels anyway, um, yeah. and they, there's there's fair like when you get on. Like at the doors, there's a lot of room there. So, yeah. you know, if you've got a buggy and you've got a suitcase or anything like that, you don't feel as pressured, I don't think. Yeah. So I I, I much enjoyed them. Now, when you get on the first train, so the RER um, B line, um, that is very much like the standard kind of um, London tube train. So they, that is a bit of a different beast. But when you get the, the one on the A line, that's a bigger train. So, but you're not on there for long. So just get on with your luggage, squeeze up. You're getting off in a minute. It's fine. Um, and then once you get off there, you've got much more space. So that to me is a much more stress-free um, way of doing things. Um, you will uh, look. Uh, it, although it's it's time sensitive and everything like that. There's normally people on the platforms. They will help you get on. Make sure you're on the train because they want the train to get out as soon as possible. So you will get a bit of assistance if you need it. But um, I just find it a bit more of a palaver. That's all. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's not ideal. But, you know, you can still get there okay. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's you know, talking about this, I suppose, is, is more kind of like trying to reassure you a little bit that it's not the worst uh, thing that could happen. And it will work out yep. fine, you know. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that they, they're having to do this right now. Yeah. And and we've seen it this side. We we have literally got one train station that is Euro, using the Eurostar at the moment. Um, yeah. Straight from King's Cross, and that's, that's it. It doesn't stop anywhere until it either gets to Paris or 
in the case of the Lille ones, they go through to Brussels, which is another added stress with Lille, is that the Eurostar actually carries on from Lille. It doesn't just stop there. Um, That's true, yeah. So, and and also, uh, it goes to Amsterdam now as well, doesn't it? Um, I can't remember who I was talking about that with, but um, I was saying I don't understand uh, getting a Eurostar from London to to Amsterdam. No. Because it takes about four hours. Yeah. And the train, uh, sorry, you know, taking a plane takes about 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know environmental impacts, you know, I get it. But, yeah, I, two hours on the Eurostar is enough for me. Yeah, it I'm is me as well, I have to be honest. Yeah. As soon um, as I, I'm out of that tunnel, I'm like, we're only in the tunnel for 25 minutes. Once you're out there, it's like, just get me to where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Christmas is coming. It is. Haven't had Halloween yet. <laughs> no. But Christmas is coming. Um, I suppose the big news, and, and, and we talked about this before, so if you're new to this show, um, we won't go into loads of detail, but the main thing you've got to remember if you're ever trying to go to Disneyland Paris at Christmas is that unlike in the UK, Christmas is really Christmas Eve. That's that's the big day. Um, so that's that's when everything is is hard to book for and is expensive uh, to book for. Um, so that's, yep, and that's you're going to find that out right now. How expensive? Oh, yeah. Well, look, I think the big news from this as well is the fact that Waltz is going to be open. It is for t- for two whole days. Yep, it's like a <laughs> pop up restaurant, like you get in Soho. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, as you as you mentioned, the prices are quite shocking. I I think. Yeah. Uh, you think obviously as well. So, yep. um, if you're going to uh, Waltz, or you're going to uh, Auberge de Cinderella, I'm never going to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a whopping three hundred and twenty euros an adult. Yeah. Uh, 80 euros for a child though everyone have <laughs> child food yeah that's literally what I, I was just looking at before we we started recording and I turned around to my wife and said why why is there 240 euros difference between an adult and kids well, I certainly know I would free... struggle to eat 200, 200 euros more, more food than a kid would I'm guessing the kids are just getting nuggets yeah that's all I, that's all I can think of <laughs> are they going to be actually shaped like a roast turkey or something? Maybe they're turkey nuggets. I don't know what they are, but it's it's a shocker. <laughs> um, so yeah, as, as you say, that is a that's a huge difference, huge difference um, in cost. And actually, um, remind me to talk. To, we'll talk about the big C, right? Remind me about the big C after we talked about this. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, that surprises at both there uh, and Walt, you know, Walton uh, Auberge, the Manhattan restaurant. Oh, actually, just for Auberge, it doesn't say what, how many courses it is, uh, but for Walt, no, that's for no. two courses. Uh, Manhattan restaurant is two courses. Um, they both have two sittings: a six thirty and a nine thirty. Uh, Manhattan restaurant is two thirty 
uh, for an adult and 75 for a child. Again, a huge difference. So it's five yeah. euros less for a child, but it's 90 euros less for an adult. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, like of those three, where would you be going? Um, now, I'd want to say Wolves, but the more likelihood would be that it'd be the Manhattan. Well, I'll tell you why it would be the Manhattan for me. Because I want to see, like, Father Christmas flying over Manhattan. Because <laughs> it's going to have to happen, yeah. surely. Yeah, If surely. they don't, they're absolute fools. Um, but yeah. But again, I, 90 euros difference between the two restaurants is, is maddening. Um, Cape Cod, um, most of these, it looks like they've got two sittings uh, at 6.30 and 9.30. Uh, Cape Cod is 2.05 and 70. Hunter's Grill is 2.05 and 70. Plaza Gardens is 2.05 and 70. Um, then there is a Christmas brunch on the 25th of December. And uh, this is literally the only place you're going to be eating. Really, there's nothing else oh, open. Christmas Day. There's nothing else by the look of it. Oh Jesus, uh, that's 199 euros an adult and 68 per child. So yeah. again, the child's price has gone down another two euros, and the adults has gone down about 30. Weird. Yeah. Um, oh, Plaza Gardens, 205. If it is like that, um, then uh, the other expensive night, of course, is uh, New Year's Eve. Hold on to your hats. Um, Auberge is doing one service at 7 o'clock. That is €400 Euros per adult. Yeah. And 175 per child. Now There is a reason for the jump in price. Yes. This does include your New Year's Eve ticket. So I guess in essence, it's exactly the same, just that you're paying, just that you're getting charged for your ticket included yeah. with your meal instead. Um, which is the opposite of what McDonald's do with Happy Meals, right? That, that's that's free. Uh, your, toys, yeah. your toys free. Um, Agribar Cafe is doing three courses, uh, a seven, an eight, and a nine uh, p.m. start time, 3.30 for an adult, one sixty for a child. All of these include uh, New Year's Eve tickets unless specified by us. Uh, Plaza Gardens, uh, 3.30. Uh, Waltz, 400 and 175 uh manhattan 250 and 75 no ticket included cape cod uh is 210 and 70 no ticket included hunter's grill is 210 and 70 no ticket included and then there is a new year's eve brunch on the 1st of january again at the newport bay club at 199 yeah so, so there you go I mean, it's a lot of Wonga, isn't it? Yeah. I get it's Christmas, you know, and and stuff, but when you're already paying such a lot of money for the holiday, yeah, uh, it's a lot on top, I think. It is. And literally when they give you no other choice, yeah, it's, it's quite difficult. Um, yeah. God, I hope that something's open in the village. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, obviously, I don't talk about that, but I wonder what the, the village situation is like, because, yeah. you know, I love I love Vapianos. 
Yeah. So I'd be quite happy if I just had to eat a Vapiano's for like the Christmas period, if I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying at all that there shouldn't be a premium, right? Um, I mean, in the UK, you know, it used to be tradition that you know very few restaurants opened, and you know because of it being a, a big family holiday, you'd have to pay uh, staff more money if you wanted them to work, or only from a certain time. So I get it. There is going to be a premium, but that's a that's a big premium. Yeah, that's a big premium. I mean, what does what does uh, what's dinner normally cost you at Auberge? Like about a hundred euros. I'm just trying and... to think because I looked when it started to reopen because they did they have started taking bookings again, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and I can't remember exactly how much it was. But... Oh, much bre- you know, breakfast was about sixty five, I think. And breakfast is always yeah. the cheapest meal there anyway. So um, I think it was a, a, around the 80 to 100 euro mark, I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, they've, they've times that by three. It's a lot, I think, still. Yeah, and especially when you consider the restaurants that they have picked. I know they haven't, and, and this is for that reason, they haven't got their big choices available that they would normally use. Both of them... The, Probably the top top restaurants on the resort are both closed currently, yeah. um, so they've had to move it on. But just just the fact that they're charging that much for what is normally the buffet restaurants is is a little bit outrageous. Mm. Yeah, that, that's definitely how uh, how I feel about it. But it's something to consider because you know a lot of people say, "Oh, wouldn't it be magical to spend Christmas at Disney?" And yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it wouldn't be, um, but that's one of the reasons why I I've never really done it. Um, no, that and also as well, I don't know. There's just something about I don't know being home at Christmas. Yeah, I've done I've done Florida at Christmas and wouldn't do it again. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's something you you want to try just to see how you like it, but uh, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 Christmas. So I asked you to remind me about the big C. Yeah, I didn't uh, need I, to. No, I remembered amazingly, <laughs> um, and I don't mean Christmas. Um, but and I, I didn't get the article because it was in Dutch. Um, I couldn't find it, but um, I also I did I did see if I could find it, and I I couldn't find it, but. Um, Kevin, a friend of ours, Kevin, who is Dutch, um, was telling me about a story that he'd heard about, um, must have been about a month ago now that it happened. Um, But it was a journalist who went to Disneyland Paris um, for for a trip Um, and somebody that was recuperating from, I think, chemotherapy. I know that they'd been they'd, they'd had cancer anyway, um, and so they were in in recovery uh, for that, and be, you know because of uh, health reasons, I don't, I don't know what type of cancer, I don't know what you know does, that doesn't really matter, but um, they couldn't eat much food, so they went to one of the uh, restaurants in the park and asked if they could order a child's meal, and were told no. They then tried to explain why the request for a child's meal was being asked and basically demanded paperwork to prove 
um, that they they had just had cancer or they were, you know, during treatment or whatever to justify having a kid's meal. And I think this is a massive, massive problem because you do have people that have things like gastric band surgery, which means that they're restricted into the amount of food that they can they can literally consume. Um, so there are reasons why people do it. Also, you can have people that are like on extreme diets where they're only allowed to have so many calories uh, or take in so, so much of a type of food. So, you know, there are reasons why people opt for, for kids' meals sometimes. It's not just because they're cheaper. You know, sometimes there are reasons behind it, but I think, I think it's dangerous for them to demand uh, proof of that. Now, this I suppose this kind of maybe backfires on me a little bit because I'm not a person that understands why vaccine passports, for example, are such a big thing. I, I don't see why proving that you've had a vaccine is such a, a bad thing. Um, but we're comparing a, a, a pandemic, which is, you know, a complete anomaly to, you know, a condition that, you know, unfortunately hundreds of thousands of people uh, of people go through each year. Um, and we're talking food. We're not talking about anything, anything else. Um, but I don't. I don't think they they should. Or what I think they should do is maybe offer smaller plates. Yeah. You know, just have a section on the menu, make it even more. You know, that's an even more discreet do, way of doing it because I imagine that people would also feel embarrassed having to ask for a kids' meal. Yeah. I'm an adult. Why do I want a kids' meal for? I mean, I want a kids' meal because that's all I can eat. But I have to ask for a kids' meal. Whilst if they just had like a lighter selection, or you know, maybe half portion uh, page in the the menu, that'd be a much better way of doing it. But yeah, I mean, obviously they were they were disgusted and didn't help that they were a journalist because obviously that that made. Uh, you know, national coverage over in, in Holland, it's not a good look, especially when we, it's not been that long since we were talking about the breastfeeding uh, issues yeah. out there as well, is, is it? So, um, but yeah, what, what, what do you think? I mean, I've just, I've just waffled on for, uh, <laughs> as I do. Look, in, in my opinion, I, I don't think you should be able to dictate what someone eats. If someone wants a smaller meal, let them have a smaller meal. What difference does it make? Oh, you're going to lose five euros on something. What, why is it such a fuss to stop people eating a smaller meal if that's all they eat? They're not going to lose five euros, though. Because if someone, if, if I was in that position and they said to me, no, you can't have a kid's meal, don't care what your excuse is, well, then I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. And, I'd, and, and because of that, do you think I would then walk into another Disney restaurant? I'd be going to the village. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. I wouldn't I wouldn't risk it again. That would put me right no. off. So and also as well, the impact of that isn't just that they they've lost someone buying a meal or even say he was with a family that was four meals. That person's probably not going back. No. Not going back. Next I just don't year. understand. Cuz if you go to a quick quick service counter you're not going to stop someone from buying a kid's meal because it be, could be for a kid that's sitting somewhere else right the number of I, times I i've gone to mcdonald's and bought happy meals 
because my kids yeah. were collecting toys and they weren't with me, but I thought, okay, well, I'll eat the chips. Um, yeah. If I can get a veggie option, I'll, I'll I'll get, you know, a kid's meal with a veggie option because um, it was just, you know, it's only a little bit more than buying the toy by itself, so I may as well get some food with it. Um, yeah. And no one ever has questioned me, oh, well, I can't, where, where's your kid? Show me your kid. Yeah. <laughs> they just sold it to me. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's madness, really. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's the LP customer service for you. <laughs> Is that what I call it? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, uh, have you seen the, the building permits? Yeah, I was going to bring that up because we've not actually discussed the change of name, I don't think. I think that's come Ooh. since we last recorded. You know what? You could be right because it was one of those things that was just literally uh, dropped. It was overnight, yeah. It yeah. just happened. Yeah. So, yeah, we no longer have Toon Studio, really, do we? Most of Toon Studio has now been incorporated into the new land of the world of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, which we've been saying for ages that basically that side of the park is Pixar, so why don't they just change the name? I would have preferred Pixar Place, if I'm honest. Just rolls off the tongue yeah. later, doesn't it? But yeah, it does. But they use that, use that, and then dump that, didn't they, in, in Florida? So, mm. so there we go. I'm surprised it's not called Pixar Plus. <laughs> it's very, very true. Yeah, I can't, everything else I can't is. argue with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely can't argue with that. Um. But yeah, as Nick said, we have had some building permits uh, as part of this this name change. That um, it sounds like Crush's Coaster might undergo a little bit of uh, outside refurbishment. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's probably the the place that le- needs it the least. I don't know. It still looks like a great big warehouse. It's always going to look like a great big warehouse with a with a big gaping <laughs> hole in the, in the middle of the yeah. front of it. But, yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much it. It says they're, they're going to change a, a window to a door. <laughs> uh, it's going to be magical, mate. It's going to be yeah. magical. <laughs> um, and then just some building work on the outside that's it it says something about a container uh, it is in french so it's a little bit difficult to decipher but it says uh, installation of a container which i don't know i don't know what that means no is, maybe um, some new toilets possibly there's not much over there is there like you know you have to go back to the, no. the studio uh, the main studio for that yeah, well, there's those there's toilets where the plans were to put in um, alien swirling saucers, wasn't there? And that little oh, bit in that? the middle. Okay, that yeah, makes, there's, there's some in that sense. little building there. So I wonder whether it might be something to do with the fact that they may be taking those down and they need to put in a like a temporary area for toilets. Okay. Uh, speaking of renovations, actually, I've just been looking. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, Twitter accounts that uh, go and take photos for inside the parts and stuff going on. And, you know, work is is definitely going full steam ahead over at um, Avengers Campus. Yeah. 
Um, still a lot to do. Yeah. Still a lot to do, but it's getting there. Yeah. They, they still they haven't put the Quinjet in yet, have they? That's still not no. there. Um, I believe it is in the vicinity of the, the land, but it's not up on the building yet. No. That's, uh, that's so, correct. I'm uh, discussing this. I was discussing this with my, my little boy because he's a massive, massive Spider-Man nut. Um, and he keeps going, oh, I want to visit Webb. I want to go in the shop. And I keep thinking, where's the shop going? Is there going to be one? Because oh, well, I've not seen it. In any... There's got to be, but there's... I haven't seen any plans for where it's going to go. That's the, the interesting thing. I'm just intrigued as to where they're going to put it. It's, it's a good point, but they, there's going to be a shop. Yeah. Even if they cut the ride yeah. in half, there'll be a shop. Yeah, well, they, they need to sell Spider-Bots, don't they? Yes. <laughs> although, I'm thinking, yeah, although, I mean, I could also see him trying to sell that stuff in Studio 2. No, yeah. Studio 1. There's a possibility. Yeah, there's a possibility that they could do that. Do you just turn the end of that? Because that, that little section towards the, the back of that shop is often like... It's Marvel already. It is nowadays, but it yeah. used to just be whatever was about at the time. So, like, you know, back in the day, it was cars, always cars. Then it was the spot to buy Vinylmations there. They had loads of Vinylmations yeah. there. And as you say, for the last few years, it's been, like, the main kind of Marvel part of the shop has been there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I'd we be- do know they have got plans for Studio One, so it's true. there's a possibility. Well, it is. It is true. Um... Fionto del Oro? Yeah, your favourite. My favourite? Well, it was. Was, then they ruined it, but it's alright. It's alright. It's getting, back. Getting back to it again. Um, so, it's been closed for a little bit. Um, I did see um, oh, Cowboy Barbecue was open this week. Yeah. Which is late in the season for that to be open. Very late, but they I'm sure they've been using it for special events, like when they've done press events. Um, right. That's where they've set... So when they unveiled all the, the Halloween plans a few weeks back, um, that's where they, they based everybody. Okay. So I wonder whether they've just continued to, um, to use it because it was already all done up. Hmm. Um, but uh, burritos are back. Burritos yeah. are back. I don't know about the chili. Uh, I mean, they're probably using the chili in one of the burritos. But um, yeah, and it's quite funny because I, I saw someone eating the ca- uh, the chili from Cowboy Cookout the other day. So yeah, uh, that's what made me think of that. But yeah, so they're bringing burritos back. They're keeping the new menu items. So churros are still going to be available. Uh, the frozen margaritas are still going to be available. Uh, and the corn fries are going to be available, um, as well as uh, those weird bowls of chopped up veg that they do. Yeah, uh, there looks like there's a couple of them. Yeah. I think one might be more cold story than the other. Yeah. Um, the other one looks a bit like a, a corn salad or something. I don't know how you describe it. But uh, a chicken, beef, and a vegan uh, burrito will be available as part of that. So... That's good. But as we recall this, it hasn't actually reopened. It's opening uh, by the time this episode comes out, I guess. Um, so you might be able to find out a little little bit more. Uh, but it's yeah. still 
still good that that's happening. Um, and Halloween's almost uh, upon us. The decorations yes. are all pretty much up now. Um, yeah, they would have started at some point last week. Um, it should have been race weekend this weekend, just gone. Um, and that's when the, the decorations start to make their appearances. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're almost... Uh, I don't know how many more they've got to put up if they have, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's looking good. Not really much different to, to previous years, but it's almost like if it's not broke. Yeah, and they did. They made that change, didn't they, the year that we were there um, when they started using the, the Coco-inspired decorations. So that that's yeah. fairly new still. Yeah. Um, and that's the best bit, in my so. opinion. Yeah, it that. is. Actually, to be honest, Frontierland in general, because Frontierland is also where they have those kind of scarecrows as well, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, Frontierland's... Um, it's actually re- it's the only land that is themed for Halloween, other than Main Street. Everywhere else in the park ignores it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, um, did you want to talk about the... Uh, I've looked at some of the the new offerings we've got for Halloween, and when I say new offerings, I haven't seen them. Okay, when I say new old ones, yeah. Um, Right, here's one for you. Brace yourself. A chocolate midnight brownie made with laughing cow. Oh God! Oh no, I'm not. I'm not going to be going okay. back for Halloween at this, right? Okay, okay. Look, let me just let me just clarify something, right? That's just a cheesecake, isn't it? If you if yeah. you think about it, yeah, the, I suppose the problem is is that so me saying that to you now, you go, oh yeah, okay, I I guess I guess that's true, but if you're just thinking of what I think of laughing cow cheese, laughing cow cheese is cheesy cheese. It was just dairy. Well, when he, when I was a kid, at least, Laughing Cow was just like Dairy Lee. Yeah. Those mushy triangles. Yeah. But obviously, there's lots more different Laughing Cow products that we don't get over in England. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, looking at it, it looks like a brownie. So if, it, if I didn't know it had Laughing Cow in it, I wouldn't have even known. So yeah. I, I'm guessing it's more like a cheesecakey type of thing. Um, there's a Cruella Nutella cookie. I mean, that, that's just a... DLP's favourite Nutella. Yeah, but it, but it's not even that, is it? Like, of all the things they could have, like, chosen... Oh, can I have a Cruella Nutella cookie? And if you say it properly, it's Cruella Nutella, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, that's yeah. just awful to pronounce. Um, anyway, I mean, it looks like what you'd expect it to. It's uh, it's Cruella de Vil's head, basically. Oh, so, oh, so we're going down the Chewbacca route, are we? Okay, so uh, this looks like a. This actually okay. looks like a. It's more like you know when you get those kind of embossed biscuits. Uh, okay. So it's like the shape. It's like the silhouette of her head, and then it's the imprinted features of like the hair and the eyes and stuff like that. So it looks yeah. it looks fine. Okay. Whether they do in real life is is something else, but certainly these definitely look better than the Wookie cookies. Um, there's some kind of purple and green Maleficent cupcake, which looks a little bit like the Yoda cupcakes. Yeah. You know, as you would expect. I didn't mind them. They were all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, they are 
they are what they are right um there's some cookies as well that look a bit like the brownies they've got like little pumpkin kind of sprinkles i guess yeah they're little pumpkin shaped sprinkle type things uh they're on cookies they're on muffins as well uh there is some kind of mickey it looks like a chocolate biscuit so it looks like it's like a shortbread biscuit on top with like a chocolate underside and it's got a web embossed on the mickey head um there's one of those donuts with the weird icing on top do you remember like the captain america one yeah you had uh it says one that's got it's like rice paper on top isn't it it yeah. looks like rice paper yeah yeah uh, so it's one of those with kind of like a swirly i guess halloween kind of pattern it doesn't really look halloween to me but whatever um and there's a marshmallow witch finger which just looks like a finger with a, a stick coming at the bottom of it not at all disturbing no no not at all um we also have uh ursula cheese snacks i'm assuming they're made of laughing cow but who knows oh they doesn't seem to be having major problems with ursula at the moment and trying to theme halloween stuff to her in uh, florida they've got a drink that's got a charred octopus tentacle in it oh don't don't even talk to me about that. And I and I saw I saw it yesterday. It was like, <laughs> yeah. who whose bright idea? <laughs> I'll say that in the loosest terms is is that. Um, what's interesting about these is again, these look like uh, Ursula's face. So these are shaped and and have features on them, but they're I don't know if they're fried cheese or if they're crispy like snacks. I mean, they are snacks, but do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like yeah. almost like cheese biscuit type things rather than like deep fried cheese. Um, but you get a cone of those. Um, there's a... Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I'm going to say this. There's a trick and cheese crock. No. <laughs> oh. Trick and cheese. Uh, so this is just a round uh, crock monsieur with, uh, filled with ham and cheese with uh, the bottom of the croque monsieur uh, being black bread. Uh, oh. Whilst at the, the top black, is just an almost black toasted one. Yeah, this is very, very thin, though, so maybe it won't cause yeah. the issues that the others do. Um, <laughs> and it's a pumpkin soup with kiri cheese. I've got oh, no idea what it, kiri cheese is. No, I'm just really worried that doesn't they have become obsessed with laughing cow and cheese? I, I think they have. Uh, uh, oh, it's the have. deal with craft, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So everything has to have cheese in it. I'm waiting for the cheese margarita to turn up. <laughs> um, there is um, there's some there's some other extra bits as well. So uh, there's a Doritos burger at the Lucky Nugget, and you'll be delighted to know that this is made of a black bun uh, a black bun and pink cheese god yeah uh, actually no I think that might be a different I think that looking at it that's a different burger so there's a Doritos burger that's just got bits of Dorito hanging out the side of it uh, and then there's another burger with some weird pink cheese it's a double burger um, and the uh, the green apple mousse is back at the Hyperion. Uh, 
Um, for the buffets, there's some new things as well. I'm guessing it's a pumpkin suit, but it looks yellow, really yellow. So could it even be cheese soup? I don't know. Um, there's some spooky chocolate bread. Um, there is some Jafar. I guess they're like mousse things. You know, you know like how the, the apple mousse looks? Yeah. It looks like this, but it's got a little Jafar hat sticking out at the top of it. Um, and then those like little spooky cake slices. So again, those, those really kind of small, thin bits of like a cheesecake. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're about as well. I say buffets, it's still not uh, help yourself. It's kind of all to, to your table, what you want, and they'll bring it to you. So, uh, yeah. But honest to God, this, this pink cheeseburger thing looks absolutely grim. <laughs> just just awful. Who is coming up with this stuff, honestly? Um, and there's a couple of uh, new cocktails as well, including one that's tied into the next Marvel film, um, which is uh, called The Symbiote. Interesting. Like skyliner bar. Um, the others are just spooky colours: red, blues, a little bit of black, bit of orange. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. So Halloween's always fun to get some food. Um, nothing will yeah. top those uh, those haunted mansion chocolate coconut things I had from a few years ago that broke your teeth because they were so <laughs> frozen. Um, but yeah. So it's a good time to go for that reason. And that, yes. that, that is one of the reasons why I'd always go there at that time rather than Christmas. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, did you have anything else? Because I've got one more thing, if not. No, I need the other thing that you sent me, which is the obvious one to talk about, which I think is what you've got. No, it's not. So... We uh well I'd seen it but Nick Nick sent it and it's it's in our chat group is the <laughs> the obvious changes to prices on uh, buying fast passes. Um, so we knew this was coming because we said on the last episode how ridiculous some of the prices were, why some things were so much more expensive than others when they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, so we've had a few changes. So Big Thunder stays the same at twelve euros. Um, Peter Pan has dropped three euros from fifteen euros to twelve euros. Um, Star Tours also dropped three euros from eight euros to five euros. Uh, Hyperspace Mountain has gone up by three euros from nine euros to twelve euros. Uh, Buzz Lightyear, which was the one that we we complained about the most, I think, just due to how ridiculous it was. Um, that's dropped three euros from 15 to 12. Uh, Autopia has gone down by three from five to, uh, from eight to five. Um, Tower of Terror has dropped, which I'm a little bit surprised with. Um, that's dropped from 15 to 12. It seems like they've decided 15 was just too expensive and dropped all of the big names from 15 to 12. And the last one was Ratatouille, which has remained the same at 12. So 12 now being the highest uh, price for any of them and on quite a few of them as well. Buzz Lightyear still 
at the highest price, despite the fact that we still don't understand why. <laughs> no. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because on the one hand, um, we knew it was going to be affected by seasons. Yeah. So, or, or we thought that was going to be the main catalyst was going to be seasons. So the fact that we are now moving into um, a new, you know, summer is over. We're now in Halloween season um, and the prices have generally gone down with the exception of one. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. So that's that's not too much of a shock. What's weird is that at least one's gone up. That's surprising. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do we think that's because people are are doing it? I've still, I've still not imagine. seen I've still not seen anyone talk about actually doing it, using no. it, but they must be. Yeah, um, and it, it could be the opposite. It could be that they're not getting as many people through, and they've gone. Well, we still need to make our money, so let's put it up. Mm. Uh, I, you just don't know. We're never going to find out how it's actually working unless they just go. Well, we're scrapping it because it doesn't work. Um. We obviously are massive fans of it. We've said that, yeah, it's fair enough. It's it's what they they want to do. But I don't think any of us have gone, oh, I'm going to go around and use it on every single attraction. And certainly we haven't. I, I would say there's probably one ride on that list that I would use it on, um, just due to the fact that sometimes it is quite difficult to get on, and that's big thunder. Otherwise, I don't think I'd use it for anything else. Mm. I know, I'm sure you said you'd probably use it for Space Mountain. Um, well, I would, but again, it's one of those attractions that very, very often you don't need to use it on. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it, it normally goes through peaks and troughs, doesn't it, where you might go and it might be an hour and a half wait, but then you go later on and it's 10 minutes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I probably, I, I, I would, to ensure I got on if I needed to, uh, but the likelihood is I wouldn't even need to to use it for that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting, but not surprising. I mean, I, I think the biggest surprise is still trying to charge people to use Autopia. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, just can't imagine people doing that. No, um, but it'll be interesting because that's what's happening now. Um, you know, Christmas season starts in. Uh, just over a month, really, isn't it? It's, it's um, kind of the middle of November. Um, yeah. So, you know, six, seven weeks away. It'll be interesting to see if we see another price change then uh, in time for Christmas. Because you would imagine they would they would put a price up for Christmas. Yeah. And you, you've got to think by then they'd have, well, we know they will have other parks using a similar system. Mm. Um, so I think things are going to fluctuate between all the parks over the coming months mm. um, depending on how they they all work out yeah yeah. Um, and then just before we wrap up I thought this was interesting so uh, DLP Report who um, are a fantastic uh, account to follow on Twitter if you don't if you don't follow them um, and we'll I'll try and re- retweet this if, if I remember um, but they've been looking at the blueprints for the Disneyland Hotel reimagining. Um, now, I hate looking at blueprints. That's why I'm not an architect. Um, so they've they've kind of tried to sum it up a little bit as well. But there's going to be um, suites uh, themed to Frozen, 
both classic and presidential suites. Um, Rapunzel, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty. We're all going to have themed suites. That's going to be interesting. And that's suites as in rooms, not suites as in stuff you eat or the candy man gives you. No, that's just going to be Vanellope. (laughs) The Von Suites. Um, The Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique will take centre stage at the reimagined Disneyland Hotel with a full experience taking part of the Cafe Fantasia space, which will also get remodelled with the bar moved to the side. Interesting. To be fair, the the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and the the Disneyland Hotel was shoehorned. Yeah, it was minimal at best. Mm. Yeah, it Um, never looked never looked um, like what you saw in Florida. No, it was in a little cubby hole on like the second floor that you could see into. You could see everything that they were doing, Um, and it, it was basically like a cupboard under the stairs. (laughs) <laughs> as such um, so I'm glad that they're doing something with that it's obviously it's been a worthwhile thing um, we've seen in the US parks and, and hopefully this will uh, kickstart it a bit more in in Paris it's a shame that the Cafe Fantasia is having to lose part of its um, space but um, I'm sure they'll find a way of making it work uh, I like that area. That, it certainly was a large bar um, with separate rooms and, and things like that. Probably a bit too large, yeah. really. Um, yeah. So it's probably why that's that's happening. Yeah. Um, at least not getting rid of it. You know, it's just it's just no. adapted. Yeah. Um, Carl's Club will have a new privilege lounge as well, and that's going to take over some of the former conferencing space on the first floor. Didn't even know it had a conference space actually. No, the only one that I was really aware of was the one at Newport Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I, the main one that. I guess all the hotels probably have some space. Yeah, but obviously it will be determined on what the type of hotel is. Um, but uh, I didn't realise that. So that's interesting. Um, there's going to be a laundry patissier stand in the uh, the foyer. Of the hotel mm. by the stairs. Um, Interesting. And it's going to be a premium reception. Uh, just call it Fast Pass Lane, Lightning Lane. Call it the Lightning Lane. <laughs> call it the Lightning yeah. Lane reception. Um, <laughs> and uh, there'll be some work, obviously, on the facade outside as well. So uh, there'll there'll be some changes to some of the balconies, um, and also to the. Uh, the pool and the parking areas as well. Uh, I've never ever seen the parking areas for no, I haven't either. For obvious reasons, um, uh, I know I know there is one, but yeah, I, I don't know how you would actually see it. It's hard to tell. Like looking at the designs uh, of of what the the changes are going to be, don't look extensive. Like I don't think they'll be obvious to most people. No. Um, depending on how much you've you've stared at it over the years, you might notice it more than others. But I don't think it's gonna uh, it's gonna be game changing. Um, but still interesting, still interesting that yeah. it's it's happening. I can't wait to see what it looks like inside. I want to see what the new wallpaper is no. gonna be. Um, <laughs> actually, speaking of which, um, our friends over at the Mickey Waffles, uh, the Associated Podcast, um, basically 
the uh, female better version of this. Um, they were talking yeah. the other week about the AP shop because on one it's closed at the moment. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's closed at the moment. Yeah, uh, for being AP. Um, but one of the weekends they were sending uh, rolls of wallpaper from the hotel. Damn, for... they've sold some rather strange stuff in there. Yeah, I think the rolls of of wallpaper are about thirty euros a roll, which I don't think was too bad, really. No, um, no, I believe yeah. Yeah, they they're retheming it for Halloween, aren't they? If I remember reading that, I'm sure okay. they said they were giving it a a refresh, so it'd, it'd have some like AP exclusive Halloween stuff in there. I just don't, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. Like it should, like it should, it should be um, that kind of space. If you ask me, yeah. Um, but we don't, or certainly not traditionally. We've not had that kind of stuff, have we? No, we've not had. And, and that's merch. the problem. They, mm. They've kind of cleared out their warehouses mm. instead of actually producing some exclusive stuff. Yeah, and I think that would work well. I mean, if you think about how, um, you know, like. They they had a lounge didn't they for the inside ears which I, I think I yeah. only ever got used a few times. Um, but if they did something like they did with uh, University did with like the AP lounge, or yeah. even like think about Salon Mickey, right? I mean I know that's that's a shareholder space, but you know you can only get access to that if you've got your shareholders card and depending on how many people are there at the time. So I don't know why they don't have a lounge like that for APs. That'd be to no. me. That'd be a really good perk for that top tier card that yeah, you've got somewhere that you can book a and and have it that you can book a slot. Yeah. So you know, give people a forty-five minute slot, whatever, and they can bring in you know up to two guests or something per card, you know, whatever it's going to be. But that that to me makes more sense. And then you can have a little lounge where you can have some drink um, and sell stuff. Yeah. They love to sell stuff, so do that. Yeah. And just have some stuff that you can't buy without an annual pass. Yeah, definitely. We've seen it in the States where you yeah. can get pass holder exclusive stuff, even if it's a, a Halloween party exclusive that you can only only get if you're at the event or something just stuff like that. It's we've we've complained over and over again at the lack of imagination when it comes to merchandise at DLP. Um, and that hasn't changed much in my opinion yet and hopefully it, it will do at some point but for now we just have to stick with the generic stuff that they produce over and over again yep yep exactly um, but I think I think that's it for this month yeah I think so despite that's the it. fact that we were we've gone and been gone a little bit longer than a month um, there's not been an awful amount no we was early in august weren't we yeah that's true we were which is probably good because uh <laughs> that was before my drama um but we're gonna try we were talking about this before the start of the show so going forward this is probably when we're gonna record we're probably gonna record towards the end of the month going forward um and hopefully that means that we can kind of catch up with what's been happening whilst also maybe getting getting a little bit ahead of, of what's coming up for the following uh, month yeah. as well. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we've never had a dedicated time of month for this. Um, it's always been around the middle. Um, 
but as you, you know it's fluctuated august was early this month is late so uh we'll try and keep it towards the end of the month but uh as we said at the top of the show best thing to do is subscribe subscribe to the feed it costs you nothing you always get the episodes as soon as they are available um and if you can't even wait that long again become a patreon you get the episodes as soon as i finished editing it um yeah you know this episode now uh is about to wrap up uh almost quarter to 11 on thursday that will be out on patreon by 11 o'clock i reckon i reckon i can get it out by that time um and will be out um a few days later for um everyone else so um yeah if if you can't wait that's the best thing to do otherwise there you go and i've just realized actually saying that, that this is the last day of september Yes. so it's almost an october episode even though we're recording it now yeah. so yeah so we'll be, we'll be uh better than the next month don't worry about it but um yeah thank you for listening thank you for your support uh thank you p-dubs as always for being an excellent co-host and uh we will see you next month with another episode of discover dlp au revoir or at least while that name remains <laughs>